0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to the Steelernation.com podcast sponsored by Stony Brewing. It's time to get back into football, so it's time to grab a Stony's Pure, honest beer. I'm your host, G. Stryker, And with me is our host with the X's and O's, Brad Lambert. Hey, Brad, Steelers picked the right time to go on their bye week this week. Only in the AFC North can the Steelers take the week off, gain a half game on every team, and finish the weekend in first place.
1: I don't think anybody really saw how things uh, unraveled this weekend, let's put it that way, Uh, especially Justin Tucker of all people missing a field goal. Yeah. Excuse me. Extra extra point to tie the game.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Man, that is probably a prop bet that you could make at Vegas, and it would be a thousand to one odd of him missing an extra point to win a game. That was insane. I mean,
1: what was what was most bizarre is his reaction says it all. Yeah. You know, like that face was pure shock and confusion like this has never happened before which is exactly true it has never happened before
0: not in over 222 kicks i mean that was his first yeah. miss that's crazy first one wow
1: Yeah. so it, it's uh it's crazy but uh we'll take it
0: well yeah he still is the best kicker in the league and possibly the best kicker ever to play in the nfl with his already leading all nfl players ever in kicking accuracy so it was insane and unbelievable. And obviously Tucker thought it was unbelievable as well. Love the face shots, love the memes coming out now, but it couldn't happen to a better team. And we will take that extra <laughs> half game, obviously. Um, but yeah, they, absolutely. Cincinnati, Kansas city, we kind of expected Cincinnati to lose to Kansas city. I didn't really expect them to get thumped like they got, like they did against Kansas city, but they did lose. And um, Cleveland put up a great, a great game against Tampa down in sunny Tampa and put on a great show, got them to overtime again. A couple questionable calls, going for it on fourth downs and, and goal-to-go situations where they came away with zero points twice, ended up going into overtime, ended up losing the game.
1: They should have won that game.
0: They should have. They had every opportunity <laughs> Multiple to win that times. Game. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And in regards to Cincinnati, after the performance I saw last week and um, losing the game to the Steelers in that fashion, I honestly kind of expected them to get thumped. Um, Maybe not Mm. to that level and that level of dominance by Kansas City, but Kansas City's no joke. They are prime AFC team. Whoever's going to make it down the line, I think they're going to have to see those guys.
0: And you can roll on over to SteelerNation.com. I wrote an article just about this, about Steelers gaining ground during the bye week. So log on to SteelerNation.com and read that article. Well, one good thing about the bye week, Brad, was – It was a quiet bye week for the Steelers. I mean, we did have really the only news was the non-news of Le'Veon Bell not showing up during the bye week, which we all expected.
1: You know what? uh, This whole Le'Veon Bell thing, I'm I'm truly over it. Uh, I I honestly, at this point, I don't even care if he shows up, to be quite honest. I mean, James conner has been phenomenal. The consistent drama around Le'Veon is just not needed. If we were having the worst season ever and Conner was not performing, then I would be desperately awaiting his arrival, but we talked about this a few weeks ago. I don't know if you want that guy in the locker room at this point of the season. The drama, the questions, everything when he comes back. I mean, he's kind of forcing the Steelers' hand now because he's not going to show up until after the trade deadline, which is unfortunate. Because if I were the Steelers, I'd probably try to trade him, but you can't no. do that until he comes in and signs the tag. Yeah. So he's you know putting the Steelers in a difficult situation where they can't even move him even if they want to. I don't know if it was confirmed by any of the players or coaches that Le'Veon did, in fact, say he was coming during the bye week. I don't think he did. Okay. Um, I think this is more assumption from the reporter community and just people guessing, you know, if I were Le'Veon, I'd come in during the bye week. But he's going to come in most likely after the trade deadline, especially because uh, I think the Steelers are going to do the uh, two-week roster exemption. Yes. just to give him some time to to get back in the group and whatnot. But I'm just so tired of it. I was texting one of my buddies last night, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm just you know kind of wondering what's up with Le'Veon. And I'm like, "Dude, I'm I'm over it. I don't care. I'm more concerned about our uh, matchup with Cleveland. Like, yeah, as Tomlin always says, the guys who are actually gonna be there.
0: <laughs> that is true. And the one thing I'm turning this into a positive now, obviously." I've checked out mentally on the Le'Veon Bell situation as well, but the one positive is, hey, we've got the Le'Veon Bell cap increase every week. The Steelers are up to $6 million and counting, nearly $6 million just for Le'Veon Bell sitting out through the bye week. Uh, add in this oh, week, you. and it's up to uh, you know 6.8 mil. So we're still getting more and more cap space as he continues to Sit out When they come back now also, Brad, I heard that the two-week roster exemption also comes with a two-week non-pay clause. I think yep. this may be a point of contention or at least a point for Le'Veon's agent to try to work with the Steelers to get paid during those two weeks or work out maybe paid during one week. But that's really the only negotiation left now at this point in the season, other than not showing up at all. But I don't think that that is going to be the case.
1: What I've read is his agent, Adisa Bakari's being difficult on Nasdaq too Yeah, uh, because he obviously doesn't want Le'Veon to lose more money, mm-hmm. but he probably should have thought of that before they decided to miss half the season. This whole thing is just so irritating, and I'm sure the Steelers yeah. are completely over it.
0: Well, um, yeah, and, and we the Steelers are, don't so. want to give him any favors, obviously. I mean, you're holding out like this. A lot of misinformation, a lot of trust has been broken. I don't see the Steelers really wanting to move. From that, or even negotiate with their agent at all to give him an extra two weeks of pay while he's not playing or while he's roster-exempt. But one aspect that I can see strategically that the Steelers may want to do is go ahead and say, okay, we'll pay you those two weeks. you got to show up now. And the only reason that that is strategic is now they have two weeks to work to move Le'Veon Bell, if that is their intent, that they want to get some kind of draft value or some kind of trade value from Le'Veon Bell. I think that's the only way to pull him into the roster earlier than past the trade deadline.
1: He he doesn't, Le'Veon doesn't want to be traded, and he'll sacrifice whatever money to do that. Yeah, The Steelers have six days before the deadline. Mm. So, I mean, they don't have a lot of time anyway. So the two-week roster exemption or whatever deal they could strike with Le'Veon, he doesn't want traded. That's why he's sitting out. That's why he didn't come in this past week. He wants to stay with the team for the rest of this year and then move on. So, Brad, um, what would but, you
0: tell Steeler fans as being the benefit for not wanting to be traded?
1: I mean, I think you got to look at it as a player. Mm-hmm. Um, him staying with the team, he's with one of the best offensive lines in football. He has the Agreed. chemistry, uh, potential chemistry. Uh, obviously, he's set out for a long time, but I think it would be faster chemistry than starting with a whole new team and a whole new line that, isn't used to his style of play. But yeah, I mean, he'll come in. It'll take him a few weeks to knock the rest off. He's used to the O-line and vice versa. And hopefully he'll put up some decent numbers. But if he went to another team, he'd have to learn a whole new playbook. He'd have to build new chemistry with whoever it is. And most likely it would be a scenario where he would go to another team and probably be there for only this year. And then he'd hit the open market. So it's just not a, a great scenario. Um, For him as a player for success, I don't really see any other benefits other than that. I mean, for him to want to put up numbers, the best
0: best option is is... for
1: him to stay right here.
0: Yeah, Yeah. that's completely understandable. Otherwise, he's coming in halfway through a season trying to learn a new system, which is difficult for any players. And, of course, then his production may not be as good. I think maybe his production may be cut a little bit more this season, even with the Steelers, because of how well James Conner is doing, you know, one of our favorite players. So it's going to be interesting to see how they even work him back within this skill set. But you made some excellent points about him, the familiarity with the offense, being able to succeed under that offense and knowing the players, knowing the the plays and knowing the system that is definitely all positives. And I agree with that. I want to touch base too on a guy. We I went off on last week, Vontae's perfect. It finally came out that he was fined. He got one of the largest single game fines that I could research on the internet. It was $112,000 for the two hits that he laid upon Steeler players in that game, James Conner initially, and then, of course, the helmet targeting on Antonio Brown, which is the second time he's targeted Antonio Brown's helmet. And I think that was probably the bulk of the fine. But setting a new precedent, I mean, I understand what the league did here. I understand the league said, hey, you know, you just came off of a a four-game PED suspension. We're going to hit you with one of the hardest fines ever that I've ever seen for a single-game infraction. got to learn your lesson now because the next time, look, we're going to suspend you. I mean, evidently he's like on Animal House double-secret probation now from the league, so I don't know what infraction that's going to take to lead to a suspension, but that was part of the explanation from the league is we are going to suspend you on your next infraction.
1: As they should. I think the main issue here is the fine's great because it's a lot of money, mm-hmm. but he doesn't care. Yeah, Like money isn't going to change him because he makes a lot of money. So I don't think it matters. He paid the fine. I'm sure it sucks because that is a lot of money. Yeah, But when you're making millions of dollars it, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. Um, mm. If you really want to shake it up, I think you suspend him for an entire season. Yeah, I think that's the only way that this guy changes. He's been fined so many times in his NFL career yep, and nothing seems to change. The NFL is honestly just taking the really safe approach with him, which is just stupid because he's going to seriously hurt someone. I guess, unfortunately, they're going to have to learn the hard way because, uh, you know, fines aren't going to do it. I think we saw him in that Chiefs game again. He yep. was doing his usual. He did. Um, on... Uh, Kareem Hunt's first big run, he got lit up by an, a lineman. And instead of, you know, playing football, he stood over him. And it was funny because Kareem Hunt didn't go down. Okay. So he, you know, proceeded yeah. to run by Vontez <laughs> while he was standing dominantly over the offensive line. And like, he did something cool. Yeah. And uh, he looked like a bigger idiot. And then later in the game, he grabbed I think it was cream uh, Kareem Hunter one of the receivers, Spencer Ware.
0: And, it was Spencer Ware. Yeah. He, yeah.
1: He did his crocodile twist yep. of the ankle.
0: And the alligator uh, leg. Hardy, roll. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's just it's sickening. You know, he's obnoxious. But he he looked horrible that game and was totally embarrassed by his play. He mm-hmm. looked really, really bad. Um he actually took himself out of the game because he was he. He faked an injury. (laughs) He
0: seems to do that a lot. I notice him coming out of Steeler games a lot where he'll come off the play, the field for a couple plays, and then come back in. It happened in the playoff game where he was doling out a lot of hits. It happened in the game where Schuster Smith knocked him out. And it also happened this past game against the Steelers where he was taking himself out of the game. And every time he takes himself out of the game, I'm thinking, good, this is a finally can finish the game without having to worry about a Steeler getting decapitated but <laughs> I don't know if it's a strategy yeah. of his to be like, oh, I got hurt on that play, not him. Or I don't know if he's trying to curry favor from referees so they aren't as, I don't know what the hell he's thinking.
1: He's a joke, and that's, yeah. that's all we should really talk about it. So yeah, that's fine with me. me I, I, did,
0: I did write an article about it. We can, If you want to jump onto Steelernation.com Thursday evening, I'm going to have an article dropped about Vontez Perfect, and I'm going to show that alligator leg roll against the Chiefs. So we'll see if the NFL rules on that this week. But moving on, like you've been saying, Brad, we might as well talk about the players that are still in the locker room. Let's talk about the upcoming game here against the Browns. And One thing I've noticed is the Browns are having trouble defending the wide receivers now on end of and reverses. Do you think the Steelers are going to try to work in some of those plays this week?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd like to think that the offense has gotten progressively better. Obviously, Antonio Browns. Really starting to find his groove with a tremendous game against Cincinnati last week. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster has been incredible this season so far. But I honestly would like to see more of uh, the second, third, and fourth-tier guys, uh, such as James Washington. He's been relatively quiet, Mm -hmm. so I would love to see him get into the mix. I think we will progressively see that more as we move forward uh, this season. Uh, Very much how Juju Smith-Schuster did last year. He got better and better and better. Mm. I would like to see, you know, Ben take some early shots to him deep, uh, which we've seen that a few times past few weeks. If we really get that guy going on top of everybody else, I think uh, it's going to be really tough for opposing defenses to stop
0: us. I also watched the Cleveland game last week against Tampa, and I did notice one thing. Obviously, Chubb is now their, their bell cow back. I mean, he's doing a really good job of working in between the tackles He's a really good north-south runner, and I think the only way Steelers are going to slow him down is to start filling those gaps and hopefully to get him moving east to west to slow down his uh, downfield ability, because once he gets ahead of steam, that guy's going to deliver a hit. I'd like to see the Steelers turn up the pressure and start to cook the Baker, turn up the heat in the kitchen, you know, so Baker starts making us turnovers. What do you see at that there, Brad?
1: The defense has been progressively better as well, mm. which is kind of, you know, what you want to see out of your football team. So I'm excited. Uh, I think the front seven has been great. We saw Stephon Tua flash last week. Yes. Uh, Cam Haywood has been consistent. Mm. Um, you know, T.J. Watt has been great. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit more consistency out of him.
0: Well, he loves um, playing the Browns.
1: Yeah, exactly. He, yeah. he really shows up. So I would love to see that consistency this week versus Cleveland and we're at home and we're wearing our throwback in Throwback so, the block
0: letters. That's right. Block numbers, yeah. block letters. That's going to be awesome.
1: I'm excited, man. I, I really think those are really clean. So I think, uh, it'll be really cool to see him.
0: Nice. Do you have a block Jersey you like to wear? No,
1: nah, man. I mean, I, I have me, uh, my old school, uh, Jack Lambert Jersey, but, yep. uh, you know, I, I have not purchased the uh the new throwback, if yeah. you will, yet.
0: Yeah, I'm so. with you. I'm gonna be wearing my old school Jack Lambert. I've got it packed in my bag. I'm going away to Punta Cana this weekend for the for the game and uh to enjoy some time with the wife and go to a friend's wedding. But man, I'm still gonna be rooting on nice. those Steelers in the sports book on Sunday. I know last game, Miles Garrett, he was out an absolute monster against us, forcing fumbles, getting sacks. I mean, he's really coming on this year. He's doing excellent. What can the Steelers do to slow down Miles Garrett? He's a freak. He is, man. I mean,
1: there, there, there's not much you can do to slow him down. No. He's just he will be a don a dominant player in this league for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think for him, the best thing you can do is three to five step drops, get it out of Ben's hand quick. Mm. Uh, don't let Ben sit back there too long because you're it's a tall task for. In the way of it, anyways. Yeah. Um, but I also think you'll have some tight end chips there and mm-hmm. even have James Conner back there to slow him down. But yeah. I don't think you can afford long developing plays. I think you got to get the ball out of Benton quick. Like I said, add whatever help you can to that side of the line, um, whether it's tight end or running backs chipping on him. But he's going to be a problem. He's a hell of a player and uh, that won't change anytime soon.
0: And One interesting thing I heard from Mike Tomlin's press conference yesterday, which I didn't know about, but the or at least I didn't know leading into that press conference, their defense is leading the league in turnovers. They've got 20 so far on the season, so that's something that the offense is going to have to do a, a much better job than they even did in the first game to make sure that they aren't creating extra opportunities in short fields for Cleveland, whose offense isn't as prolific as the Steeler offense, obviously. But if they get extra help on a shorter field, they're going to put up some points.
1: Yeah, I mean that's what really hurt us the first game. It you is. know, we turned the ball over way too much. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Five turnovers.
0: Five or six. Yeah, it was up there. <laughs> it was up. Yeah,
1: there. five, five, five turnovers. Yeah. And uh,
0: it was you know, not a fun and one. We still almost won. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know, right? So, it, t- it took that to make it a tie. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I mean th- that in itself is a win. Obviously, turning the ball over five times and not losing, but. Yeah. You know, but that, that's not ties hurting us now. But still, not uh, the type
0: of game you yeah, want to play. So,
1: yeah, no, not at all. No. But I think, like you said, we can't afford to turn the ball over. We have to be smart. I think this is a different team mm-hmm. where we're at right now than where we started. Confidence wise, I think we're clicking. I think the offense looks great. I think Ben looks much, much better. Yeah. So I, I don't yeah, expect does. that, but like you said, the Cleveland defense gotta give credit where credit's due. And yeah, they're does. a really good defense. Yep. I mean the, the people who are still sleeping on them need to wake up but they've had like they've <laughs> the tw- first overall pick for like the last fifteen years. <laughs> so the <laughs> Essentially the whole Cleveland defense are first round picks. Yeah. So I mean they, they are nasty.
0: They're getting excellent so, pressure. You know, they're, they're making oh, turnovers. Man. They're defending well downfield and it's not a fluke. You're right. I mean I'm watching they, them against They
1: got they got players everywhere. They do. I mean
0: the D line, yep, they got linebacker. People with
1: linebacker. Yep. And then corner and safety. Yeah. I mean, it's just Denzel the Ward, broke Peppers. Yep. they got playmakers everywhere. They do. Um, I think if Cleveland really can get the offense clicking and draft a few more players and possibly pick up a player or two in free agency, I think they're going to be a lot of trouble for a lot of people here in the coming years. But as far as right now, the offense is not good. Baker yeah. has shown a lot of capability and ability to win games, and he he seems like a stud so far. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think he's a good quarterback. I'm not ready to say he's great or going to be a future Hall of Famer like some people are acting, but I think he's a solid quarterback, one of those that they haven't had in a long time. At receiver, they don't really have a lot of threats. I think the biggest guy on the field that I'm concerned about is David Njoku. Oh, easily. a very tall, athletic tight end.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Oh, yeah. And uh, I really hope the Steelers – aren't gonna you know, no offense to Vinny, but don't be putting Vince Williams out there hoping him to cover Njoku. He's not whether it's in the flats or on drag. Potentially LJ Fort will be back and Mm. he's a bit more athletic, but I would still put a safety on him. Looks like Morgan Burnett isn't going to be back again. So that kind of takes off uh, Mm. Terrell Edmonds. He's gonna actually have to play safety. That'll leave probably Dangerfield or somebody else of that nature to cover Njoku, hopefully, in those sets. So, we'll see. But, I mean, offensively, those are, I, I think, he's the biggest threat. They just traded away Carlos Hyde. Yes. Uh, Nick Chubb is their, They're, their running back.
0: He's their guy um, now. Yep. He's,
1: yeah, he, he, he's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I, he's not someone that I'm going to be worried about. Yeah, um, he's a bruiser. That will he, a, he's going to hit
0: hard. Yeah. He's going to hit the hole hard. He's not going to rip off yeah, a 40, 50-yard I mean, run, but he's going to hit that hole hard.
1: I don't think he's going to have a Leonard Fournette type performance against us.
0: No. Um, but
1: we are at home, and I think we need to take advantage of that. So I think Ben said on his radio show a few days ago, like, we got to start and we got to start quick. Yeah. So I think first possession for the offense, we got to go down the field, and put up seven. Yeah. I mean, that's what you want to do every game. But especially coming off a bye, I think mm. you need to hit and hit quick. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm looking for the offense to do. And, uh, you know, from there, We'll see, but I think the defense is in good shape. Hopefully we can come out the other side uh, better than we did the first
0: time. And I think the bye week did do well for the injuries. I'm happy that it gave Ben an extra two weeks of rest for his elbow. I mean, he was already starting to look and progressively better each game after he injured his Correct. elbow in that first Cleveland game. So yep. I'm I'm happy to see a little extra time for him to come back into play for a real meaningful game. I'm expecting a big game out of him this week, to tell you the truth. With Visa a one hundred percent, and seeing the field, I think his deep balls are going to be a lot more accurate. I know that his elbow was a big problem with his accuracy with the deep balls before, and but injury Agreed. injury wise too, like we're going down the list. Morgan Burnett looks like he practiced in a limited capacity on Monday, according to, to Coach Tomlin in his press conference. The same with L.J. Fort and Darius Hayward Bay. They're all still kind of walking wounded, it seems, dealing with these soft tissue or ankle injuries. So we'll see how they progress during the week. Hopefully some can play. It's still not looking great, I don't think, for either three of these candidates. But the team is playing well even without them, and they've been without them for a couple weeks now. So, Brad, yeah. how do you see the game shaping up then this week? What's your prediction?
1: I would like to see the Steelers win by 17. I I think they're playing good football right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: i at least see a two-touchdown victory. Honestly, if they win by one, I'd be thrilled
0: so <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's better than uh, tying, obviously. As a football team,
1: you have to win the games that you're supposed to win. And mm. this is one of them.
0: And I'm with you as well. I expect a multi-score game as well. I I expect them to break 40 points this week. I definitely would rather see them score and keep scoring and keep scoring as opposed to turning the ball over and keeping it close. But I think with the week off, they've a time to prepare. They know what they have in Cleveland. Hopefully they can limit what Cleveland does well on offense to really shut them down, keep them underneath the 20 points. But I'm, I'm seeing like a 42-17 game in my head. I know I'm a super wow. optimist, but that's what I'm throwing out there. Number-wise, we'll see how it works. I know we also talked about Patrick Peterson off of the phone call last week, off of the podcast. And yeah. I know he's an interesting – option for a possible trade scenario i know that there's a lot of different things you have to do to get a player of this caliber obviously being a pro bowler for each year he's been in the league all seven years he's made the pro bowl he's obviously a player that arizona cardinals say they don't want to lose so brad what would it take to land a player of that caliber what kind of draft picks what kind of player moves what would you foresee
1: yeah, first off, i got to clarify something with, with Steeler Nation because right now on on the Twitterverse, everyone's like, trade Bell, trade Bell, trade Bell, yeah. you know, and that would be great. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that'd be awesome. But the Steelers cannot trade Le'Veon Bell until he comes in and signs the franchise hat. Correct. And right now it looks like he's not going to come in until after the trade deadline. So let's just stop saying let's trade Le'Veon because it's not going to happen uh, unless he comes in and signs. which yes. right now it's looking like it's not going to happen. Yeah, so, so it's not going be <laughs> um, yeah, to be Bell. Yeah, not going to so be Bell, just stop talking about it. Yeah, I think our option is I would literally trade a first-round pick for Pat Peterson, just a clear, take our first-round pick next year, and I would even throw maybe a third or fourth in as well. Yeah, um, I would I, I think this is a guy that you could have for the next four or five years, dominant corner very much how Joe Hayden has been for us this year and last
0: year and he's a year younger and, uh, than Joe I Hayden.
1: yeah I, I think it's worth it man yeah I mean he hasn't had a, a a lot of major injuries which is great yeah we talk about the window closing yeah and I, I don't see Ben playing more than five more years mm-hmm. so right there there's your window you have a guy like Patrick Peterson and potentially Joe Hayden for the next you know three or four years which I think is worth a first and maybe another round pick. I hope Colbert's making calls, mm-hmm. and I hope he's having discussions, because right now all I'm hearing are the Patriots are in on it, the yeah. Chiefs are in on it, yeah. and I think the other, uh, the other is an NFC team.
0: Philadelphia um, Eagles.
1: Yeah, the Eagles. Thank yeah. you. So yeah. you have an NFC team, and if I were the Cardinals, mm-hmm. I would not trade one of the best corners in the league. To another NFC team, because obviously—
0: You don't want to face them.
1: That's competition for yourself. Yeah. The logical trade, if I'm the Cardinals, would be out of the conference to the AFC, which leads the Patriots and the Chiefs, and hopefully the Steelers. Yeah. Um. And I said this last week, the Steelers can't afford to miss this opportunity to land a player like Patrick Peterson if he's available, okay? Because it's a glaring need on our football team right now, Mm. period. Yes. Then you throw in the mix. The Steelers also can't afford to let him go to another dominant AFC favorite, which would be the Chiefs or Patriots. True. If Patrick Peterson signs with either of those teams, Mm. I honestly, I'm sorry, I just don't see us having a chance to beat them. It's just already it's going to be a difficult task, Mm. and they're they're both playing so well right now that – I just, I'm sorry, but like you, you, you had a player like yeah. Patrick Peterson, that's that's going to be really, really, really tough. And you know, when when the Patriots, who are notorious for doing what's necessary to get better, I mean, how about picking up Josh Gordon? Yeah, you know, yep. Josh Gordon's obviously has a checkered past, but, but it, it he was a big a need for
0: them. They needed that big outside edge receiver to help stretch the field. And you're right, they went out and got him,
1: and they did it. Yeah, you know, Kansas City's in a similar boat. I don't know what their cap situation looks like. I know the Steelers have the cap.
0: Yeah, they do have, they the have space. And they have a first-round pick. Yep. I just so. wrote an article yesterday talking about the cap ramifications of the Steelers being able to pick up Patrick Peterson and if it would fit, thanks to the Le'Veon Bell holdout. Already <laughs> saving $6 million, today they could sign Patrick Peterson and still have $2.5 million in cap room. They don't have to make a move. They don't have to do a restructure. Yep. They don't have to worry about dropping Bell to make sure that they have the cap space. Today, yep. with Bell on the roster unsigned, they can afford Patrick Peterson's contract.
1: The, the best thing is when Le'Veon leaves next year, <laughs> you just pick up, what is it, 12?
0: Yep, it's, it's like 14 mil a year. You're essentially picking up what yeah. you would have paid between 12 and 14 mil a year for Le'Veon Bell. Actually, a little less than we would pay for Le'Veon Bell's new contract. And you already have that locked in until 2021.
1: I know the Steelers don't generally do this, which is annoying as a mm. fan um, and someone who loves football and understands it. Uh, I, I think you got to roll with the times. And right now it's uh, do what's needed to win football games, especially when your competition is doing it. If you stay with the old ways, we're going to be talking about those Super Bowls years ago instead of Super Bowls now.
0: Yeah, And the crazy thing, too, that I looked up, I wanted to find out when the last time the Steelers traded a first-round draft pick. And you have to go all the way back to two years before Coach Knoll took over the helm at the Steelers. I think it was 1967 or 1968 was the last time the Steelers did not have a first-round draft pick. So they take their first-rounders obviously very seriously, but this is a point, too. And even going back to the Bettis draft, you have to weigh the option of what value are you going to get for your draft picks? And if your value is you think you're going to pick up a Hall of Fame caliber player, I mean, obviously, they didn't know Bettis was a Hall of Fame caliber player at the time. They just knew that he was the type of running back that they wanted, big bruising back, good out of the backfield, had good hands, could do just about anything as well, good blocker as well. They just said, we're going to take this player that we know will instantly make our offense better, and bam, he becomes a Hall of Famer. Now you have the option of picking up Patrick Peterson, who's, like I said, made the Pro Bowl every year he's been in the league. You're giving up a first-round draft pick, and with that first-round draft pick, if you're picking late in the first round, your odds of picking a Hall of Fame player with that pick that is ready instantly to play are really low. You have to be picking at the top five to get the best cornerback in that draft that can make an immediate impact for your team, obviously from what we've seen from past years. So this Agreed. year, this year, I think that draft value to player value – yeah, we're losing that first-round draft pick, but if you're picking up a potential Hall of Famer for that pick, I say you got to do it. I mean, the value is there. Yeah,
1: I mean, the the Hall of Famer bit of the argument, if you will, is great, mm-hmm. but for me, it's more about he's Some. a guy that can come in right now and yeah. impact your football team at a high level. So that to me is is a no-brainer. Correct. And, uh, he has a resume to prove it. And uh, Bojo Hayden and Patrick Peterson were drafted in the top five, mm-hmm. respectively, for their drafts. So, I mean, hello. Yeah. I mean, that's I, – I look at this as like, you know, when the Steelers traded up to get Troy Paul Malu. Yes. You know? Yep. Everyone was like, what the heck are they doing? Well, yeah. you know, that's what they're doing. So <laughs> They got a Hall of uh, Famer. <laughs> honestly, what do you think is going to happen out of it?
0: For me, one aspect that I can't stop thinking about is if the Steelers actually do make a move for a cornerback, who are they going to give up? Who are they going to drop? And obviously Hayden and Hilton are off the table. Those two are monsters. I think Sutton also is too diverse to let go, you know, because he plays a slot. He plays outside. He plays some free safety. Um, Then it comes down to, you know, you've got Artie Burns, who I think has the potential is there. I think he needs more seasoning. I I think he's taking time to get there. But if somebody says, hey, you know, if I'm the GM and they say, hey, GM striker, do you want to – how about a, a second rounder and Artie burns for Patrick Peterson? I'd, I'd have to say, yeah. It's like, yeah, take him. It's you know, I, I don't want to lose that ceiling of a player and that player with that kind of talent that I think can, can develop into a good corner. But when it comes down to either or, I mean, it's a no brainer. I mean, I'd prefer to let Cody Sensiball go. Obviously, he's a solid vet corner that that could be a stopgap and and help a team that's losing a corner anyway. Um, and then we also, yeah. that's right, we just got Brian Allen on the on the uh, roster recently, too, and he's just a freakishly yeah. tall size-to-speed ratio corner that we haven't seen play in games yet outside of special teams, but I think he has the potential to possibly being a, yeah. a player for them.
1: Look, I, I mean, the, the way we know how this team operates, I don't see them getting rid of a, a veteran player like Cody Sensible. Uh-huh. Um, although he might be the most appealing to NFL teams. Mm. But I, I would I would package up Brian Allen, um, mm. young guy, long rangy corner. Yeah. Um, you know, who we have yet to see what he's capable of. Mm. So there's some, you know, unknowns there, but also in a good way. Yeah. Um so they kept him on the roster uh, all I last think,
0: year. They pulled him up to the roster pretty quickly this season as well. So they do like yeah, it was
1: due to injury though.
0: That's so, true. That's true. That's
1: that just tells you right there, Mm. you know, it wasn't Cody who was not on the roster. It was Brian Allen. So I think, you know, when you look at that, you're like, okay, all right, well, if if we're going to package somebody, have it be Brian Allen.
0: Hey, Brad, are you telling me you're ready for your hot take? What's your pulse on the league? And what whispers are you hearing around the NFL?
1: It's uh, Mm. a very busy trade deadline. Yeah. Um, Probably the busiest ever. Uh, um, Especially In the last decade. Yeah. And there's still six days left. Yeah. So, I wouldn't be surprised if you see more people being moved, but once again, I the the league is changing. The mm-hmm. the way they play, the way management is handling business is changing. It's not the same old here's what we have, we're gonna ride with it. It's here's glaring issues, mm-hmm. let's fix
0: it. Yes. You know? Yeah, it's like so, it's what hockey I, does at the trade deadline. In the NHL yeah, is, and hockey you're moving toward I love playoffs. Hockey, man. Yeah, man, me too. And it's if you're missing a, you know that third line center or you're missing a defenseman that you need to help solidify your lines going for the playoff run, you go out and you get that player at trade deadline. And that's why yep. hockey probably yep. has the best trade deadline of any sport or the most exciting trade deadline of any sport. But it, it seems like true. the it's NFL true. is starting to move toward that, too.
1: No, I was just saying that's what I love about hockey, mm-hmm. um, because I'm from Pittsburgh, so I root for the Penguins. Yeah, um, I believe you do as well. Yes, I do. But, you know, go the Pence. Penguins are one of the best teams in the NHL mm-hmm. yet. Each and every trade deadline, they make a move.
0: Yes, they do. Because
1: they're like, look, here, we're, here we are, you know, mid-season, about to head into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Who who can we add that will make our team better?
0: Yeah, every, so year. I,
1: I, uh, every year. Every year. Because the and, core, and, and, the know, core we'll is there. About,
0: you add one or two players, one or two role players, and it can change the whole dynamic.
1: 100%. Yeah. So the Steelers are apparently looking at Janoris Jenkins from oh, the Giants. wow. Wow. Uh, the the Giants are uh, obviously struggling this year very badly. Yeah. Um. And apparently uh, Gary and Conley from Oakland. So. Oh wow. Um, Jenkins is obviously better than what we have. Yeah. But if we're going to trade, just throw the house and the whole kitchen sink at the wall and and, <laughs> and yeah. go after Patrick Peterson. You know what I mean? And if if it two doesn't work out, fine. You know, but at least try. That's all I'm saying. Like, make an effort. All right, and, and before we go, I want to wish a happy birthday to Sean Davis.
0: Nice. Nice. How? So, al-
1: send in love, brother.
0: Great hot take, Brad, and thanks for the nuggets of knowledge, man, as always.
1: Thank you, thank you. Have a good one.
0: All right, man. Be sure to visit Steelernation.com for excellent articles, some written by me, of course, and the best football forum on the Internet, Log on to www.stealernation.com and click around for the fun articles, this podcast, of course, forum. Have a great time. Add to the fun. Thanks again for joining us on the stealernation.com podcast sponsored by Stoney's Brewing. I'm G Striker with Brad Lambert. Always rooting with you. Go Steelers!